you back on top. Lob up high. Kobe knocks in the jam. I would just like to start by saying I'm sorry. I'd like to apologize to Rayshon, to Derek Michael, to Chance, to Kobe, to Javon, and Aiden, and Noah, and Logan, and Josh, and Isaiah, and Ivan, and Gabe, and also Isaiah, and Walter. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry that I doubted you. You know, it wasn't very long ago. All I had to say was negative things. We're scoring 13 points in the first half against Seattle on a senior night. We can't win two games in a week during the conference slate. What else? We lost by 19 to Tarleton State. And here we are. Whack freaking champions, baby. And I'm so sorry that I doubted you boys. You made us proud, though. So if any of you for some reason hear this, thank you for just making it such an exciting week. That was incredible. As a Lopes fan, that that felt way better than when we won it in 21. I wish I was able to go down to Vegas and, and experience it, but Zach was able to. So Zach, why don't you just take the reins for a little bit and, and let me know Dude, what it was like. It was so awesome. First of all, I, I do want to say, yeah, I agree. 100%. I apologies for doubting the boys. Honestly, just an incredible run. I guess here's the thing. It doesn't feel like this was a fluke. That's Dude, the thing. I'm with you. I'm with like, you. Like it doesn't feel like oh, we've been kind of middle year and then just lucked into it. It's like no, we looked awesome this tournament. And we now find ourselves having won four games in 5 days, riding a six-game winning streak, all six of those games away from home, heading into the NCAA tournament. That alone is crazy. As for the game itself, mm -hmm. dude, it was so awesome. First of all, I was really impressed with Southern Utah's fan base. Oh, yeah. They showed out really well. Especially um, their student section. I think they outnumbered us. Oh, yeah. I would say in the arena, it was probably like two-thirds GCU fans. Yeah. But in the student section, there were probably more Southern Utah fans than, than, than Havocs. It is a little bit of a lesser drive. It is closer. Still. It's a little closer, but... Still, they showed up really well, and they were pretty cool. I talked to a lot of them before the game. They were super nice. So so I had a lot of good interactions with the Southern Utah fans. That was cool. It, as the game went on, and obviously, you know, GC was just up double digits the whole game, though. Like, yeah. it did feel like a GCU home game in there. Like, yeah. the, the Havocs were going crazy. Even the, the alumni were going crazy. I guess that's the difference. Is like, the Southern Utah alumni were just, like, sitting down watching the game. Yeah. And the GCU alumni were getting crunk freaking out like we were we were <laughs> acting like the havoc so like, the like whole... we're actually on our way right now we gotta we gotta yeah. make the most of yeah. this matthew and i so i went with uh Matt, matthew hawkins who's a, yeah. a student at gcu a lot of people a lot of people know him he he met a lot of people there he works with the like lopes club okay there so he knows like a lot of the the people um so he, he got to say hi to a lot of his homies but we we went and we drove up yesterday morning 
we we didn't have tickets, but we knew like, oh, they give out tickets to students. And I was like, I have a student ID. I bet they won't check. So like, we'll see. And so <laughs> I probably shouldn't be admitting that, but it's fine. So uh, I, I'm, you know what? Just keep going. I'm, Just keep I'm going. That's so I'm technically funny. a student. I'm technically a grad student. You are. Student you there. are. So I am a grad student there. So it's fine. We got there way early. The game was at 9.30 p.m. We we stayed in Laughlin, which is just about an hour, a little over an hour away from uh, Vegas. So we stopped off in Laughlin, uh, got ourselves situated, and then drove over to the game. And we probably got to the Orleans about an hour before tip. And we walked in some random side entrance, just like walked in the first entrance we saw that like two or three other Havocs, two or three other GCU people went in and we just kind of followed them. And as soon as we did we realized that we were at the very front of the thing. And as soon as we walked in, the doors open and people start storming through. And there's probably 2000 people in line. And we just oh walked gosh. in in front of all of them just by chance that we happened to walk in. And then like the stampede started. So we walked in, we were seriously the first, like literally the first two people to the like GCU stand where they were just giving out tickets. If you show an ID and we showed them an ID and they gave us our tickets and we just walked right in and sat down like dead center, like seventh row. Nice dude. It was so incredible. <laughs> There's a picture of like what we're in the background of, and we're both just like, it's just like, we just look so nervous. Like <laughs> we're just freaking <laughs> out, dude. Um, It was crazy. The game was awesome. I was just like, I was so impressed, man. I was so impressed because it felt like it felt like it was just the first 10 minutes was like kind of a war. Both teams were trading buckets and the GC went on a run and Matthew and I kind of said like, this is classic lopes, right? Like what's going to happen? 10 minutes in, we said one team's going to go up by 12 and then it's going to still be tied at the half. Like the other team's going to go on a run right back and that'll just be what it is. And we went up, we went on the run. I think we were up like 13. And it just stayed like that. We were up 13 at the half. It was weird. And I think part of this is just because Southern Utah had such a massive comeback on Friday. So they came back from 23 down. There was there was eight minutes left in the game and they were down 23 and they won that game. Yeah. So there was kind of that feeling of like, well, they did it yesterday, right? So it's not over that that made it, I think, more intense, even though we were kind of up big for a lot of the game. But we just like we didn't give up runs like really at all, which was honestly crazy. It felt like we had like very few turnovers looking at the box where we had 10, but like, and I guess even for the loaves, like that's pretty low. Below like average. it was, a, we had a really good game of holding onto the ball. And I mean, we just shot the lights out. Yeah. I feel like what happened really was, and this is tournament long aside from maybe the Arlington game, GCU really, saw those shots that their offensive progressions created start to fall. You know, we'd get those shots throughout the season. We'd get those open threes. We'd get those looks at the basket. We just weren't hitting them at a high clip. And then once, once it started falling for us, you know, particularly in that Seattle game for Gabe McLaughlin, I think that that was really the catalyst. You know, we played well against Southern Utah and Utah tech last week prior to the tournament. Yeah. But I really think, that Seattle game and seeing Gabe play that way and shoot that well, that was really key. Cause yeah. then you get into the Sam Houston state game where you gotta be dogs. You gotta, you gotta be physical. You gotta out hustle them. And we did all that and then outshot them. And you and I had said in our little preview, we got to shoot 20 plus free throws and shoot 80% from the line. 
Well, guess what? We didn't do either of those things. Yeah. We shot like 17 free throws and like 70 or 60% from the line. The matter was we just shot so well from the field that it didn't even matter. Now the same yeah. Houston game, I, it was a three point game and it was close at the end, but it still felt like we kind of were in the driver's seat. I don't know how you felt about that, but yeah, I, I was obviously in doubt the whole time. Right. A lot of people, including you asked me if I was going to go down to Vegas for the, for the championship game. Yeah. And I was like, dude, if I had, if I had any faith that we were going to win this, then I would. Because I just I wasn't ready to spend the money, go down to Vegas just to get my heart broken. And that's yeah. the reason I didn't go. And you know what? Maybe that was the reason we won. Man, you're welcome, yeah, guys. If they, if they saw you're, you, you're welcome, guys. <laughs> yeah, if they saw you, surely uh wouldn't work out. I do think it's really crazy. And uh Ray Harrison, uh, obviously, he was he was named tournament MVP. The post-game stuff was like honestly maybe the coolest part. Um because yeah. like genuinely even though we were up big, like it was, it was just complete disbelief um, of just like, oh my gosh, we actually won this thing. And Harrison acknowledged, like he felt like he, and this is his word, right? He said, I, I feel like I let the teams down in the Seattle and Sam Houston game in that in both of those games, right? We didn't get a very good game from him and still won in the, like in the, in the Seattle game, like you said, Gabe McLaughlin just went nuclear, right? He scored 35 with 10 rebounds. Ray Harrison had 12 points, which is not a great game by his standards. Sam Houston, Colby Knox goes six for six from three. Connor. Unbelievable. Connor. That is unbelievable. Okay, and this, this isn't from the championship, but what on earth? Like, who is this guy? Colby Knox took six shots against Sam Houston. The whack freshman of the year. That's who he is. All. The true whack freshman of the year. Kobe Knox is a monster. Noah Bauman is so good, dude. He's so good. Beautiful showing. Yeah. I have, um, I've never been. Do you remember when I asked you, okay, so, you know, the Lopes, we've been kind of mid all season, you know, shots haven't been fallen. We've been split merchants all year. And then I said, do you think that's all erased for you if we win the WAC tournament? And you were yeah. like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. All that matters is the, yep. those games in Vegas. And I was like, yeah. dude, I don't know. I just feel like I've been really disappointed all season. And then I don't feel like even if we win the tournament, I'll feel like really awesome about what the team produced this year. And you know what? You're an idiot past Connor. That was of you to say that. <laughs> I just, dude, I feel more happy, excited, pleased as a Lopes fan than I have ever been. Remember, we were we were the one seed in 21. We won the tournament in 21. We beat New Mexico State in the championship game in 21. I feel so much better now than I did in 21. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we won four games in a tournament instead of two. Maybe it's because we beat a team that we had lost to twice previously this year in the quarterfinals. Maybe it's because we literally boat raced the championship game by hot shooting. Maybe it's because we beat a team in Sam Houston State where their fans were telling us that we were going to be losing in the, in the first round. It's just, I feel I feel so good. And at the same time, man, regardless of what happens on Friday... This has made me so happy. At the beginning of the Whack Vegas, like when the bracket came out, I posted like, hey, this is a really favorable draw for the Lopes. And and 
I, to this day, right, uh, it was, and, and people have said, right, people have said, like, oh, the Wolves got an easy draw. And I'm saying, yeah, right? Yes. They, hold like, up, hold up, hold up. Hold easy draw. Can I, can I say this? we got the most favorable draw. I, yes, exactly. I don't think it was an easy draw whatsoever. Right. We had to play the four seed, the one seed, and the three seed. Okay, right. the only team we missed was Utah Valley. Utah and Valley. frankly, yeah. probably the best team in the conference. Right. So, yeah, sure. Easy draw. But, but we did have to overcome a Seattle team that we that, hadn't beaten all year. And that, what's funny is when I say easy draw, I didn't even have anything to do with Utah Valley. It was just Utah Valley is the team I think that I was most scared of. And Absolutely. so I thought we we have a good path to get to the finals without playing Utah Valley. Right? We're playing Seattle, whom we said we think is the weakest of the four. And we're playing Sam Houston, who we both acknowledged is very good. But given that GCU's beat him, beaten them on the road, it feels a little more comfortable. And then that gives us the opportunity of, well, in the championship, anything can happen. Or in this case, they can like lose, right? They can be upset and, and not be there in the first place. So I guess to say like, oh, well, GCU's lucky they didn't play Utah Valley, which is already a take I'm seeing on, for, particularly from New Mexico State fans, which I find funny. Um, well, Utah which, yeah. Valley did just, you know, throw the game away. So right. that's not that's not GCU's fault. You yeah. can't take that away from GCU. They lost to Southern Utah, and then we beat Southern Utah. So... Like, yeah, Utah Valley's really good. Sam Houston's really good. Southern Utah's really good. GCU yeah. brought it, and they played really well. So so the guy who was saying, like, the guy who kind of, like, made fun of me for saying, like, oh, this is a perfect draw for the Lopes, and, like, the Lopes always lose early. He's just getting dragged by, like, everyone. I would like to claim responsibility for that. I He's started it. tweeted by, like, seven different people that I've seen, none of whom follow me or interact with me at all. <laughs> he's just like getting dragged by random Lopes fans out there. And it is the uh, funniest thing ever. But someone else replied so like that. That other guy replied like, oh, well, like how like you guys are have, have fun getting rocked like by a, like you guys are going to get owned as a 15 seed, which, by the way, we're not a 15 seed. Um, exactly. I'm waiting yeah. for us to upset Gonzaga in the first round just so I can quote tweet him again. <laughs> yeah, I guess like my thought is I kind of saw that just giggled and didn't need to reply because like we and maybe like I don't know maybe I should have a different take on this but like I feel like the mission is accomplished absolutely absolutely like like if we go and lose to Gonzaga like if Gonzaga beats us by 38 I don't know like I'll be bummed but like I don't know I'm feeling pretty all right I'm feeling pretty good I think we as the five seed and like way overperformed and played incredible and we clicked at the right time and we looked really solid and we we beat the best teams with, I guess, with the exception of Utah Valley, but we beat the, like you said, the four and the one and the three. And yeah. that's just the way the bracket works. Um, and I'm really proud of that. And I think the team's awesome. And I think Bryce, I think Bryce Drew is awesome. I for sure owe Bryce Drew an apology. Before the game, Matthew and I were talking about this on the way up, which is even just just getting to the finals, we thought, dude, it was so boneheaded that Lopes were saying, like, Bryce Drew might be on the hot seat. It's like, no, no, dude. Bryce Drew is so good. He is so he's such a good coach. I was um, the one who asked that question though. I said, is is he on the hot seat next year? And you said I think year. 18 to 19 wins yeah. would be dangerous for him. This and that's, guy, and that's this guy is immortal now. Okay. I don't care. I, yep. He could he could win zero games next year. I oh, I, I do not that. care. <laughs> well, you're right. I don't know about zero games. Like, you're right, you're right. But, but still but immortalized. He yeah. Yeah, I think it's one thing to say and going back to what you said about like, oh, this feels more special than 2021. 2021 was kind of an asterisk, right? It's the COVID year. Situations are weird. New Mexico State's not a real team. 
so like they're playing in Phoenix, whatever. <clears throat> so there's many people who thought like, oh, it, like New Mexico State didn't whatever. So like it doesn't count. And 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 at the time, the conference was kind of bad. It was like GCU, New Mexico State, and no one else, right? So New Mexico State <clears throat> couldn't play in New Mexico, and then that just means that we get to just kind of cakewalk through a bad conference, and that is kind of what happened. So that I think that's why this feels more special because genuinely, besides GCU, there's five other teams that I think are actually good, like Utah Valley, Sam Houston, Seattle, Stephen F. Austin, Southern Utah. Like all five of those teams are genuinely good, and like the fact that we came out on top of everyone i think is really is really incredible storybook honestly yeah like you said you we, we could lose to gonzaga by 38 shoot dude it's we fun. could lose to gonzaga by 50 and as a gonzaga fan i'd be like oh man that's cool <laughs> and as a yeah. gcu fan i'd be like oh shoot we lost but anyways yeah. you're you're so right about that and and one of the guys i think you had already mentioned it was saying oh yeah the guy who said we were going to be a first round exit as a 15 seed it's fine. and he was like I, I was just like enjoy the nit bro Enjoy yeah. the NIT. We won yeah. our conference. We beat you. I, I don't know how you can feel superior in this way. And they don't, you know? Yeah, they don't. There's I was I was kind of hoping that Sam Houston wasn't going to get an invite. but Yeah, not only did they get an invite, they're a two-seed in the NIT, but we'll the, get into the NIT bracket. True. We'll get into around the whack later. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. are a lot of whack teams in the postseason. Yes, there are. Yeah. So, hey, I just, uh, dude, that was so awesome. And, and I wanted to build a little bit off of what you were saying about Bryce Drew going box and one against Sam Houston state in the second half to Slokeway grant down was just a masterclass. That was such yeah. a great halftime adjustment where GC was playing well in the first half. And then we got into some foul trouble and kind of lost momentum at the end of the first half. Once we came out of halftime and were able to play the guys that were starting and kind of avoid the the foul situation for a little bit to add on to that with the box and one it was just the perfect storm for gcu now it was a little tighter at the end however i just like i said earlier i feel like gcu was in control of that game i don't know that there was any point where i was like oh we might lose this even when even when they were at the free throw line down one with like however many seconds left Oh, that was crazy. I was like, bro, if he makes those free throws, I am fully confident that we can go down there and get a bucket. And yeah. I don't know if I've ever been confident in GCU to get a bucket, but if you if you saw what I tweeted, GCU was like in the in the deep hundreds on December 29th in adjusted offensive efficiency. They were 270th or 290th in effective field goal percentage on December 29th. Yeah. They are currently 54th in the nation in adjusted offensive efficiency and 63rd in effective field goal percentage. We've moved up to 23rd in three-point percentage. I And the way we were shooting all tournament, I was so confident. I was so confident. I was like, these boys are not going to back down. And then after that, we never, we never looked back. We were in the lead from six minutes left in the first half of the championship on through the end of the game. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah, and I will say another thing about that game, and we were Matthew and I were talking about it live. Uh, it it's funny how one of the things we talked about was <laughs> this was the narrative for if it's Sam Houston and Utah Valley in the final, does officiating matter? Right? Does the fact that it's on national television in a primetime slot means it will be officiated differently? Uh, it was officiated way differently. This was the most different whack game I have ever seen. As far as they were just allowed to play. 
there were like and and looking at the box score, we had 16 fouls, they had 18 fouls, which for a whack game is very low. Like I cannot though. seriously. When is the last time that the Lopes had 16 fouls in a basketball game? <laughs> like I don't you know. May, you have a point there. You do have um, a point. And it just felt like it just felt like on both sides there were just a million no calls and like they were just letting him play. And I felt like, yeah, this is just weird. And and GCU responded to that really well. GCU plays really aggressive defense on the perimeter. Yeah. Well, and you have to against Southern Utah. Even yeah. Sam Houston State is a really good three-point shooting team. Southern Utah, like we talked about pretty much since the beginning of the season, they're a prolific scoring team. Remember when I was like, oh, yeah, uh, Southern Utah is the number one scoring offense in the nation. They had like 99 points a game or something like that, primarily against a bunch of NAIA and Division II schools. But they were still up in the like top, I want to say top 25 in the nation in in scoring, even probably to this point. So you kind of have to be really aggressive on the guards and, and be really physical around the perimeter. GCU is currently 198th in defensive efficiency. Here's why. We have a really good defensive opponents field goal percentage three point down through free throw which we guard the free throw line really well Oops, so. we don't get a lot of steals we don't force a lot of turnovers and then we give up a lot of offensive rebounds we are 264th in the nation in offensive rebounds so teams aren't making their first shot against us on a regular basis we're just not forcing turnovers and we're not getting boards honestly we could have boat raced every single team in our league if we took care of business on that end. Yeah, it felt like it was something special. We had something special going. Like, like it clicked. It well, you said it, clicked it wasn't. It, it wasn't year. fluky. It wasn't fluky yeah. at all. And you, you got it right there. It clicked. We had the looks all throughout the season. They just weren't falling. And then once we got into the tournament, it was the same situation. I feel like we were a little bit more set based in the tournament. I don't know if you noticed that at all no i but think i just so saw well. i saw a lot more action that i wasn't familiar with gcu but we were getting the same looks you know it was it was penetrate and kick and a lot of the times we get good looks from three point because of that, that penetrate and kick i don't feel like throughout the season we were penetrating really well but mm. in the tournament it was, it was like our guards had their hair on fire it was crazy and the composure on offense was something else um, yeah like you said <laughs> turnovers was not and and we just looked like Ray Harrison, dude. So I mean, we talked about the thirty-one points, but eight assists to one turnover. Oh like, yeah, like massive. He's doing like he's putting up like Chris Paul numbers. Like that is crazy. He's yeah. he's and I mean like good Chris Paul, not not, not current Chris Paul, 30, 38 year old. I don't know how old he's thirty-seven year old Chris Paul. He looked really good. It's it's crazy in this game. Tevian Jones, who's like kind of there. I don't know, one of their main scorers. He was really awesome for a stretch there. He had 17, and there was a time like he was just killing us, and I thought, like, dude, it's going to be like the Sam Houston game in Sam Houston where it's just where it was just Grant and Harrison trading buckets the whole game. And then we did something that I, I think we don't ever do, which is we just took the ball at him all game long and forced him into foul trouble. But, yeah, we just looked awesome, dude. I'm, I'm so impressed with this team. Noah Bauman, like, is just a monster. That was that was a way to finish your senior year. I know we got we got the tournament coming up here, but dude, that was just a veteran performance throughout the tournament. 
16 and 17 respectively in his last two games. Yeah. Amazing. Just really incredible. Burning nets. It was crazy. Yeah. He's, he's just deadly. I'm really proud of this team. I'm really impressed with this team. And it is like you said, I think the, I think the expectations have been met. And at this point, like we have, we have done something really incredible. And I think that I am proud of this, this team and Bryce drew no matter what, even if we get blown out by Gonzaga, I think this is still a very impressive year and a year that we will remember very fondly, although maybe ironically, like remember how we thought we were bad this year and then we actually went nuts. So in, in Vegas, we pulled it off. Here's the one thing that we can always rely upon, at least in retrospect, I guess. GCU is undefeated against the field except for New Mexico State in the WAC tournament. What is the record there? We were one in three against New Mexico State. Yep. And six and oh against the rest of the field. Yep. So we are now 10 and 0 against, against the rest of the field. Not New Mexico State teams and one in three against New Mexico State. Yep. <clears throat> so we are now eleven and three in conference tournament. That's a pretty that's a pretty good record. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know we're not doing like a traditional trivia time segment. Do you happen to know the last two times a 14 seed, which is what we are, has beaten a three seed? Yes. Two whack teams. Stephen yeah. F. Austin in 2017, or was it 16? 16. 2016. West Virginia. And then Abilene Christian <laughs> beat Texas in 2019. Uh, yeah, Abilene Christian in Texas. Well, that was 2021. That's funny. Oh, I it? thought that was 2019, too. It was 2021. Gotcha. But yeah, the last two the last two times a 14. Now they weren't in the whack at the time. Yes, yeah, so they're the current last teams. Two times that a 14 seed be the three. Uh, it was teams that are currently in the whack. Stephen F. Austin and Abilene Christian. Massive. <clears throat> now I happen. would argue, I would argue <clears throat> that the teams that they were playing against are not as good <laughs> as Gonzaga, but I don't know. The 2021 mean, Texas team, they were pretty solid, but they're better now. They are. They they looked really good beating Kansas. In the, Sheesh, dude. In the yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I have a trivia time for you, actually. Okay. So, Rayshon Harrison, during the four games in the tournament, had 80 total points, 21 rebounds, and 23 assists. Mm-hmm. When was the last time a Division One player had 80 points, 20 rebounds, and 20 assists in a conference tournament? Like a, a lope or like any whack player? A Division One player. Oh. 80 points, 20 rebounds, and 20 assists. All right. It's, it's so I have a, I feel like it's a guard because it's gotta be someone who's getting 20 assists. So I'll, give like you, a, I'll give you a hint. Guard. Yeah, go ahead. Bryce Drew commented on it prior to the tournament that he was going to have a this player-esque tournament for us to win it. I have not even the slightest idea. So I can't remember if I read it or listened to Bryce Drew talk about it. But he said that if we were going to win the conference tournament, he felt like Rayshon Harrison needed to have a Kemba Walker-esque tournament. Yeah, In the sense that Kemba Walker and UConn in 2011 won five games as underdogs to win the conference tournament. Yeah. Rayshon Harrison is the first player in Division I basketball to score 80 points, 20 rebounds, and 20 assists, at least, in a conference tournament since Kemba Walker in 2011. Bryce Drew literally called it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. No, that's wild. I don't know what else we can say about the tournament, bro, but I feel like we're just shortchanging it. It was so incredible. You know what's really funny? Hey, I will admit. I will admit. 
I've I've given you kind of a hard time, or right? like I guess you've given me a hard time. Uh, it's something that I've said a lot, which is like, <laughs> I will take a Suns title over just about anything. That being at that game yesterday made you realize something. It was like an it was it was like an all time moment. It was like I thought, like man, I don't know when the Suns made me feel like this. <laughs> I they have they have, but like, but then like that just is followed by disappointment. You know, like sure. Like I was at uh, it's like game two of the finals. Yeah, like game two of the finals. You felt like that, and you're like, oh my God. but like for it to actually be done, like just seeing the confetti and like Bryce Drew on the ladder, dude, brings a tear to one's eye. When I was watching the game, it was funny. So my cousin, he's on spring break. He goes to Concordia, Nebraska. But anyways, so he and his roommate were were driving back to Seward, and they had to stay the night at our house last night. But um my brother and I, we had plans to go to the hot springs with some of our friends and then watch the GCU game afterwards. Well, I didn't even know that my cousin was going to be spending the night here. They just showed up at our door and I was like, Oh, hi, what are you doing here? You know, um, everybody else knew, but I didn't know. We ended up still, still doing all of our plans. We went to the hot springs. We came back and we got, we came into the house right as tip off happened. And my cousin and his roommate were just sleeping in the other living room. And my parents were sitting there watching the game and they're like, shh, make sure you're quiet. And I was like, we're in the, the conference championship game and you're asking me to be quiet. Yeah. And I was like, we're going elsewhere. So we went to my friend Will's house. I want to say we had probably eight or nine people there. I was the only one who was a GCU fan. Cole's, you know, a GCU fan by association. And he cheers for the Lopes and knows a lot of the guys on the team. But um, I was the only one who was really cheering for them. And then a couple of the guys, you know, they go to Montana State. So they're already punks. (laughs) Love them, but they're punks. And then they were also, they were also. Well, they probably want the Lopes to win for seeding. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about that right now. (laughs) But anyways, they're sitting next to me and they're like, hey, we're cheering for Southern Utah, right? And I'm like, yeah sure whatever and so they every time the G, that gc no, would the team that beat you. right we're uh <laughs> right beat bobcats every time the lopes would nail three they'd be like oh dude our team is is primed for a comeback our team is gonna win this thing we're gonna make this we're gonna make this a game yeah. and then at the end of the we game when did. gc won they're like yes let's go lopes you know <laughs> i was like you guys are annoying but anyways <laughs> so gcu like I want to say it got down to maybe 13 in the second half. Was that the the smallest lead we had in the second half? 13? Maybe 12? 12, 12, 12, 11. 12. I don't think it was down to 11. Regardless, I was like, oh, man. They're, they might make a, make a comeback. I mean, we watched them do it the night before against Utah Valley. Um, yeah. And I, I was just really nervous, you know? And then yeah. when it was finally three minutes left and we were up by... 15 to 18. I can't remember how much, but once it was three minutes, I was like, I think we have this in the bag. It's crazy that it took me till three minutes left in the game to be like, we have it in the bag. I had the exact same. There was a, there was a time I was, I was, uh, I was telling Matthew this, and this is the moment that I said the words out loud. It's over. And then Matthew immediately looked at me like, what have you just done? Right? Like you've cursed us all. (laughs) Uh, And it was around three minutes in the game. But I think at the time we were up like 17, and we were playing good defense and like they just by chance, like they got a long rebound, 
which like happens sometimes. They got a long rebound that resulted in an open three, and they yep. just missed the wide open three. Yeah. That's and they missed the wide open three, and it was another long rebound to a different guy for another wide open three, and he yes. missed that one too, and Wyo got the rebound. Yep. And I looked at Matthew, and I was like, that's it's it. Over. Like, that's, yeah. that's yeah. Yep. Yeah. You Like, if they're not making those, like, it's just not their night. It's not their yeah. night. That's it. It's Lopes yeah. night, baby. To finish up with that thought, it was with three minutes left where I was like, yeah, okay, we got this. And I looked over to, to one of the guys sitting next to me and I was like, I just, I can't believe this. Like, I'm still in disbelief that we, I am currently right now, as we speak in disbelief that we beat Sam Houston state. Yeah. Much less won the conference tournament the next night. But I was like, I just, I, I just have not had time to process this. And I was like, I've spent this whole season covering this team. And it's just been agony for a lot of it, as you know. And for this to happen, yeah, I was like, I might cry when we win this thing, <laughs> you know? And as the buzzer sounded, I just fell back in my seat. And <laughs> I'm sure I had the biggest grin on my face. And I just couldn't speak. I was like trying to say something and i was just oh man no that was, was a universal awesome. feeling there was a weird moment where there's like 35 seconds left and there was like a dead ball and we took ray harrison out and mm-hmm. like ray, and it was like that was the end like we won right so he's like putting in the just whoever and ray harrison and like bryce drew like had their embrace like that was like clearly like that's it right there was like four seconds where like the arena went like silent where like everyone just saw that and was just like, we just like, we were all just like, we stopped cheering and we were just like, this is unbelievable. Wow. wow. Like we, we really did it. All right. And then back to like, and then back I to wish like, dude, I wish I was there. I'm so jealous. It was incredible. I'm that so that moment of silence like was so powerful. It was awesome. Dude. I I'm so envious of you. Speaking of being in disbelief and everybody in the arena being like, what in the world is happening? There was a shot after the buzzer, like not like close after the buzzer, like legitimately two minutes after the game ended of a girl in the Havoc section, just like she had been stoic for two minutes in disbelief. I was like, me too, me too, girl. Come on. I thought it was funny how you mentioned how when you were talking to Matt that you said this is over and he was like, oh, don't jinx it. Yeah. When when we were playing Sam Houston State the night before, I was texting Austin Rowe. Are you familiar with the Austin Rowe guarantee? <laughs> uh, no, I've I've heard about it before. <laughs> the, the Austin Rowe guarantee. <laughs> Austin has this hilarious tendency to say this game is over very early in games. Yeah, the first time it ever happened is the only time he was wrong. It would have been our freshman year in college when Alabama and Clemson were facing in the college football playoff final. Oh and yeah. Alabama took a two score lead early in the game and Austin Rowe tried to hit us with the, the OG Austin Rowe guarantee. And he goes, dude, this game is over. And yeah. I was like, bro, no, it's not. No, it's not dude. This game is over. And then Clemson went on to win the game. But ever since the Austin Rowe guarantee has never failed. And so I was texting Austin. So Austin says, the Lopes could pull this off. And I said, I need you to say this game is over. Yeah. And he says, I can't. And and dude, I think we were up by like 12 points in that Sam Houston game when he said that. 
Maybe it was yeah. nine. And he's like, dude, I can't. I only issue the <laughs> the Austin Row guarantee when it's a hundred percent. Ninety nine percent doesn't cut it. <laughs> oh man. We didn't get the Austin Row guarantee, but the Lopes still it. pulled it out. I'm just, I'm so excited. I'm so happy for yeah. the Lopes. Hey, I will say, super random, random side note. The Southern Utah mascot murdered Thunder. What did he do? They had a mascot <laughs> dance-off. And the Southern Utah mascot was goaded. Thunder. He was so good. He's goaded with the sauce. He did like he did like a he did a, a backflip, which like doing a backflip in like those like suit like those costumes are like is like pretty tough. Oh um, yeah. And Thunder like very clearly like could not do a backflip, so he didn't try. He was doing something else, and as he was doing some other lane move, which was not as cool as a backflip, the Thunderbird behind him just full on hits the splits, <laughs> and we were all just like. <laughs> like this is over but it was like it was funny because it was like kind of late in the game it was like the under eight timeout in the second half sure so it's like all right like well we're up by 18 so i guess like we lose the mascot dance off but like yeah, we'll win the they, game they enjoy your consolation so <laughs> no, it was but it was like it was pretty awesome the southern utah mascot was really incredible nice nice that's funny is the is the head on that mascot really big like thunders is yeah oh really i can't imagine thunder doing a backflip or a front flip because of the big head. The head, yeah. The only the only mascot that I've ever seen really be super acrobatic is the University of Montana mascot, Monty. And he doesn't have as big of a head as Thunder does. That's yeah. crazy that that old Southern Utah Thunderbird yeah, was the Thunderbird was cool. Hey, I know we love our lopes, but there's a March Madness bracket out now. There is. And I am very thrilled. I, for one, am a March Madness enjoyer. It's probably, and I'm going to, this might be a hot take. The NCAA tournament might be my favorite sporting event of all. Oh, we had this conversation when you and I were freshmen. (laughs) We both agree. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there, dude. Yeah, it is. It's an incredible event. Yeah. I would like to say my initial thoughts about the bracket really quickly. Yeah, go for it. Not going to lie. This is a really tough road for GCU to the final four. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna yeah. be a grinded out type we didn't get of type Seattle you in the first round. Yeah, tough. dude. I it's it's a good thing we don't have Utah Valley because that could change things, but <laughs> maybe I'm just, the other conference used a resume seating system. <laughs> I'm okay with the bracket. There there were two things that I didn't like. Obviously, as a Gonzaga fan and a Lopes fan, I don't like the fact that the two teams that I cheer for in Division One men's college basketball are facing each other in the first round. Granted, that means... I think if, it's funny. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Granted, that no, means if I am able to go down to Denver, I get to watch my two favorite teams, but I also have to watch one of them lose. And I will yeah. be cheering for GCU, obviously, but I, I just... I really didn't want that. I woke up to both Andy Katz and Joe Lenardi saying that it was going to be GCU versus Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, please don't do it to me. And then when they had the, the selection show and Baylor was in Denver, that was the first three seed that was announced in Denver. Yeah, I was like, I thought we're going to have the drew versus drew matchup. Right. And then they fumbled oh. the bag. Yeah. But anyway, so I wasn't really happy about our matchup. Not because I fear Gonzaga all that much. Although I do. 
It's just that I didn't want both my teams to play each other, you know? Yeah. However, the second thing that I'm frustrated about, and it's pretty minimal, but Montana State did not deserve a 14 seed. It's an absolute joke. They should Who, have been playing. What, what 15 should have gotten it? Um, I know what my answer is. I'm trying to remember who the 15s were. Let me pull up the bracket. Really Asheville, quick. Colgate, Princeton, and the team that I think should have been a 14, Vermont. You know, Vermont is really awesome out of the the American East, but that's just not a great conference. I would sure. have said either Colgate or Princeton. And I know that Princeton well, was well. not the favorite out of the Ivy League. Yale was. But I just think that beating Yale speaks volumes in a conference that's really small and tight when it comes to the standings. I think Princeton is a solid probably 14 seed if they had been in it. And Colgate's really good too. I don't think that Montana State deserved it. I think the reason they got it was because they were in the tournament last year. And I'm inclined to think that Kansas State is the weakest three seed. Absolutely. So I was kind of, and not, not to say they're not good, right? All the three seeds are good, but I think they're the weakest of the four. <laughs> like Gonzaga is very scary. Xavier and Baylor are also very scary. And well, Kansas Gonzaga, State I think, is less scary. In my opinion, Gonzaga is the strongest of the three seeds. I honestly Probably. think Gonzaga is a two seed material, except for the fact that Arizona won last night. Had yeah. Arizona not won the Pac-12, Gonzaga was at the two line. But, you know, that's not how the way things played out. I do think Gonzaga is the strongest three seed, even over Baylor, who did beat them earlier in the season. The three seeds are are, are a little suspect, in my opinion. I think Xavier mm-hmm. is the weakest of them, actually, not Kansas State. And the reason huh. for that being Xavier is missing one of their best players. So yeah. Xavier is down one of their better players. Kansas State is really solid. They're solid. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of their coach. Um, what's his name? Jerome Tang. He's just a really cool dude. He comes from the Scott Drew coaching tree. He was yeah. with Baylor for years and years and years and years, and then finally took the Kansas State job and turned that program around in literally a season. I I, I don't expect the Bobcats to really give them much of a game, although when you compare the two lines, Gonzaga is a, what are they, 16-and-a-half favorite over us? Kansas State <clears throat> is an 8-and-a-half favorite over Montana State. So I think they're going to cover. You think that the cats are going to cover or no, that I think Montana state, I think Kansas state's covering eight and a half. Kansas state. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Yeah. Well, the Bobcats played against Texas tech last year and had the worst blowout of the first, first round. So, Hey, the mid majors, some mid majors kind of got owned in this bracket. And I'm going to tell you, you mean FAU got owned and why and Memphis. The first one I'm going to say is college of Charleston. The fact that they put them like probably the sneakiest 12 seed that we all want to see against San Diego State is really pain because all yeah. the mid-major homies that cheer for COC want San Diego State to make a run, and that's tough. The other one, like you said, is FAU. Like, oh my gosh, 31 win FAU out of a, like a really good conference, USA this year. Drawing Memphis, who just dominated Houston. Like, wow, wow. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Memphis, Memphis is poised to like make a run. Yeah, they are. Um, it's and it's so really that's unfair. A horrible there. draw for FAU. Like that's really sad. And then Oral Roberts drawing Duke is just pain. It is. I, I don't like the fact that everybody is saying that Duke is the is the dark horse. You know, that's They're just good. the narrative, I mean, they are, bro. They're, they're good, good, but th- that's just the narrative. Yeah, the narrative I do like. So in the region with GCU, Arizona State is there. 
Boo. Sorry. And my dad, my dad's an ASU alum. So he was talking about going out to Denver because they'll be playing back to back in the same stadium. If, yeah. if ASU beats Nevada, the ASU Nevada storyline is awesome because ASU has two guys on their team this year who transferred out of Nevada last year. Yep. So, Basically ran from Nevada because they stunk last year. Yeah. So that's a, that's a cool storyline. Bobby Hurley's kind of a Dayton merchant. So we'll <laughs> see. Hey, here's another trivia question that again, like just is for fun. You know, when the last time a whack team that wasn't New Mexico state won an NCAA tournament game. Well, I'm guessing it was Nevada. It was Nevada, but Nevada hasn't been in the whack in a while. Do you know what year it was? Really quickly. The university of Montana beat Nevada in their last time winning a tournament game. Really? Yeah. That was the last time the Grizz won a tournament game against Nevada. It was 2006, maybe 2008. Can't remember. Anyways, um, let me see. Nevada. Dang, was it? Was it? It was in 2006. 2006 was Montana beating Nevada. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Was Nevada in the whack at that point? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to guess that it was probably 2004 or maybe five. Right after. Yeah. So right after doing that, they they got in as an at large. They lost in the conference tournament, and they beat Creighton in the first round, and went really? on to lose to Memphis. They were a seven seed. Nevada got into the seven seed. They beat Creighton. It's crazy. Their coach was Mark Fox, who's now the coach at California. Although maybe not for long. Yeah. And Creighton's coach was Dana Altman. Oh, really? Yeah. Where is um, he at now? Oregon, I think he's been yes, in Oregon. Yes, for a long yes, time. yes, yes. Correct. Yeah. Um, and on this Nevada team was Raymond Sessions and JaVale McGee <laughs> going That's up against crazy. the Creighton team with Anthony, Anthony Tolliver. So is the UConn upset last year, the only tournament game that New Mexico state has won as a WAC member? Gosh, 2019, they were so close. That was the loss to Auburn. It's crazy that they went to the tournament every year and just lose every year. Back when the WAC was a horrible conference. Yeah, they have They didn't make it. Yeah. So yeah, that's only, only, only when they have the fun thing about Gonzaga. So again, I really like Gonzaga. I feel like all of the Lope fans that I know kind of like Gonzaga, but I also feel like, and this is what's funny. I feel like GCU fans, generally speaking, we defend, <clears throat> we defend Gonzaga from the, your conference is just bad narrative. Like there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of casuals that say, well, like Gonzaga doesn't play in a real conference. So they're not actually very good. And like, they're just always overrated. And then they, they like, fall away early in the tournament and like that's not the case right um and and i think the narrative like oh they don't play in a good conference so they're not a good team is like so dumb like obviously it's dumb we know it's dumb that's the reason that 12 seeds beat five seeds on the reg right because these top mid majors are better than like the best team in a lot of these small conferences is better than the fifth big 10 team you know like that's just the way it goes but it would be a huge hit to that narrative if Gonzaga beats GCU, like if, if GCU beats Gonzaga. Oh, absolutely. That's why like, I hate this so much. Yeah. Because like, obviously we want the Worst. Lopes to win, but like I do regularly find myself defending that Gonzaga narrative. Like they're not overrated. Gonzaga is not overrated. They're really good. They beat, yeah. they play all sorts of top 25 teams in the non-conference. They compete, they beat those teams. Like they're not overrated. Yeah. But a loss to GCU would not, would do bad things for that narrative. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we have to worry about that though. I think you're right. But uh, but I'd love it if we won. Genuinely, like, I, I tweeted something like this. Like, I really like Gonzaga, but they're the op for the next week. Like, Gonzaga's the ops. I don't, yep, like, yep. I don't care. Like, we're going to beat them. Drew Timmy in the mud. Like, I, I don't know. 
and then we can go and then we'll be able to cheer for them to beat Arizona State in the next round. So speaking of Drew Timmy, did you see Matt Norlander's long, long, long article about Drew Timmy? No. Oh man, it was incredible. I'll have to send yeah. you the link so you can read it. My favorite part though, it's so funny. So he, he so Norlander, when he was writing this, he got a whole bunch of people like that he talked to about Drew Timmy to write the article. And one of them was Corey Kispert. Yeah. And so Corey Kispert's career high game in college was against Virginia. And so Corey Kispert was telling Norlander when he's talking about Drew Timmy, he was like, yeah, so when we were playing Virginia, that was in Texas. And uh, what I basically told the guys in the locker room was that Tony Bennett, Virginia's head coach, like didn't want me in recruiting. He told me that I wasn't good enough to play for him and all this stuff and that he hated me and thought I was trash and stuff like that. Whoa. And he was like, it was a total lie. Like I was just making that up to pump the guys up. And I was just like, yeah, so we should just go beat the tar out of him, right? Yeah, it's the Michael Jordan thing. Yeah, exactly. And so what he said was, <laughs> there was Drew Timmy in the front. I think he was a freshman at the time. <laughs> he was he was eating the whole thing up, believed every word of it, uh, just bought into this whole lie. I think what, what happened was the game started, Kispert hit a few threes, and then he started passing up shots. And Drew Timmy would get the ball um, on an, uh, an entry pass, and then he'd kick it back out to Kispert, but Kispert would, Kispert would swing the ball around. And he says, yeah, so Drew comes up to me in the middle of the floor, grabs me by the jersey, and says, if you pass the effing ball one more time, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> dude, I love I love Drew Timmy. Last year, he's so funny, dude. Last year in the tournament, uh, and they went out, like, not like early, but like early for Gonzaga. Like, I think they lost in the Sweet 16, right, last year? Yes, they lost to Arkansas they, by four. In, in their but, round but, of 32 but, hey, game. In that narrative that people say, they got owned by oh, Arkansas. 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 They won by really four. Good. Arkansas, Arkansas won by really four. Good. Yeah. Um, in their round of 32 game, they were playing. I don't know who they were playing. It was someone who wasn't very good. And they Memphis. Were like, they, Me- oh, yeah. Was Memphis is good. They they had an injury, though, right? But they're playing Memphis. They were kind of down. I think they were down by like a decent amount at the half and they came back and won and they interviewed Drew Timmy in the post game and Drew Timmy. Uh, do you remember this? <laughs> I told, this so he's funny. like, I told them that we weren't going to go out like a bunch of soft and then, guys. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I told him we were going to go out like a bunch of, and then he pauses. He's like, oh, I can't say that. Uh, soft soft guys. guys. Yeah. Those are like <laughs> just a, just a classic Drew Timmy moment. I really like Drew Timmy. I like Gonzaga. I like Mark few. Um, obviously I, you know, I want the Lopes to do it, but like, man, they're just a fun team. What a dog, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I kind of derailed the conversation on the Lopes with my with my yeah. Zag fandom. <laughs> we just started talking about how much we like the Zag. What are we doing? What podcast Win man? the West Coast Conference. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, how about uh the shout out to our Twitter page getting 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 the likes? <laughs> that yeah, was Connor, that was the funniest tweet ever. I'm so glad one? you came up with that. Which the, one? Like won the whack. Won the whack. <laughs> Dude, I had that in the chamber for like three months. I was like, if this happens, I'm just going to say won the whack, period. No caps, nothing. Uh, <laughs> Actually got so retweeted funny. by Gabe McLaughlin. So that's massive. <laughs> that is really cool, man. Appreciate that, Gabe. That's really cool of you. Hey, so there's this guy on Twitter. He said the funniest thing. <laughs> I got to find it really quick. He's he's obviously a Lopes fan. But he was like, oh, dude. It's been F Gonzaga since the day I was born. Nothing is new. <laughs> Hashtag lopes up. And then okay. somebody <laughs> responded, they finna get clapped, LMAO. And then this guy said, yeah, Gonzaga is so screwed. 
<laughs> That's so funny. He also said this thing. He was like, there's only two possible outcomes to this game. Gabe McLaughlin fouls out with nine minutes left in the game and Drew Timmy yeah. goes for 30 plus or GCU catches absolute fire from three and they win. There's no in between. Yes, so. there is. There's absolutely an in-between. Absolutely, there is. The in-between is they go up 14, four minutes into the game and never look back. Just coast. <laughs> hey, you know what's really funny? So yeah. on the ESPN tournament challenge, it gives you a uh, like a narrative about each team. Have you read GCUs yet? I haven't, actually. Sorry. All right. Uh, here it is. This is the For those of you that don't know about Grand Canyon University men's basketball, because I'm sure none of our listeners do, um, this is what tournament, this is what the NCAA has to say. Bryce Drew is back in the NCAA tournament as the Grand Canyon coach has the Antelopes dancing for the second time in three seasons. Led by sophomore guard Rayshon Harrison, a Presbyterian transfer, GCU's strength is that they know who they are and stick to it. Better on the offensive side of the ball, they're efficient, particularly from beyond the three-point arc, and rely on their bench to play a big role. That sounds pretty chalk for it. Yeah, sounds like the Lopes. Yep. Since you brought that up, Hoop Vision 68, Jordan Sperber's little spiel that he did on the Lopes and on Gonzaga, um, he did a video that he released at like five o'clock today that was like every every team in the tournament, all 68 teams in under 10 minutes or whatever. What he said about GCU was that the Lopes score 27 point some points per game out of direct ball screens. Grand Canyon averages 27 points per game coming directly off of ball screens. That's the most of any team in the field. Watch out for Drew Timmy spinning back to his left when driving from the top of the key for Gonzaga. That's a really crazy stat. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Like, we know that the Lopes use the ball screen a lot. They love the ball screen. But I didn't know that we scored so frequently out of the ball screen. And that that yeah. includes, like, kickouts. You know, it's not just pick and rolls, but right. the kickouts, too. That's another thing. They looked really good in the pick and roll in the WAC tournament. Like, yeah. several several looks out of the pick and roll. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I actually just got off the phone with one of my friends, Josh, he's a Lopes alumni and he also coaches here in Montana in our league. He texted me and he was like, dude, I'm actually going to do it. I'm going to Denver. And I was like, Oh really? Are you and your wife going or are you flying? What's the deal? He's like, no, my parents live in Greeley. So I'm just going to drive down. I was like, Oh sick. You want to drive with me? So yeah, no. So it looks like I'm going to going to Denver if I can get Friday off of work, which listen, dude, we got a ski day that day, and my only responsibility is checking people in. So maybe I can find somebody else to chaperone, cool. and I yeah. don't have to worry about that. So That's sweet. I'm on spring break this week, so I if I can find make the make it work logistically, I'm free to get down there. Dude, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. Yeah, so. this is one of the rare times in my life that spring break has coincided with the opening weekend of the tournament. Oh yeah, I don't have to come up with like random busy like independent work lesson plans so I can watch the games. Right, <laughs> or watch it with your tennis team in study hall. That was re- <laughs> you saw that. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. They were playing heads up seven up, and I was like, "All right, you guys play heads up seven up. I'm watching the Lopes. Leave me alone." <laughs> hey, back to Twitter. One of my yeah. tweets is doing numbers. Really? Yeah. So it's the one where I was like, 
This GCU team lost to Tarleton by 19, scored 13 in the first yeah. half versus Seattle on senior night, threw at home against UTRGV, didn't win two conference games in a week until the last week of conference play. Who are these guys, and what the heck did they do with the Lopes? Right now I'm sitting at yeah. 6,600 views, and I got a retweet from Josh Baker. <laughs> that's No, that's really cool, man. <laughs> did you see what he said? No. He goes, don't, oh, I did. don't forget they us, though. Yeah, with the like, <laughs> the, like salute. Yeah, the salute yeah. emoji. I was like, I love you guys. You made us so proud. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's really cool, man. All right, Zach, do you want to pick the Elite Eight? Yeah, let's do it. Let's start in the South region, okay? So the top of the top of the South, starting with Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So this region this is an interesting region. Alabama's the one seed, obviously. You have two really interesting matchups with the 413 and the 512, which are two of the top mid major teams that I really like. College of Charleston, a team people have been on all year. They're the 12 playing San Diego State, and the Furman Purple Paladins, <laughs> the 13 seed playing the Virginia out of the SOCON, which I, I notably uh, said is one of my favorite conferences to watch. I think COC and Furman are both very good. I don't know if they're good enough to win these first round games. COC was a team that I've said for a long time, like this team is a 12 seed that I'm picking over a five. And then I saw they were playing San Diego state, but I, I really just, I really just see Alabama coming out of this, this eighth. I don't know. I, I have a hard time seeing San Diego state or Virginia or anyone else really beating Alabama up here. Yeah, absolutely. Quick note on Car- college of Charleston. So I have a friend named Aubrey who goes to Bethel College in Kansas, which is an NAIA school. She runs track there. And there is a guy who was like two-time All-American at Bethel who transferred to Charleston and then was first-team all-defensive players on the conference that Charleston plays in. Wow. Which is really cool. So Are they in a colonial? Uh... This, yeah, I think so. That's the same one as Towson. That's who they played in the semifinal. Yeah. So, yeah. Hofstra, I think, is also in there. Yeah. Hofstra was the one seed. Yeah. You got Alabama? Yeah. Yeah. I also have Alabama. Here's yeah. the thing I have Alabama winning it all. So. Oh, well, yeah. They're really good. They're very, very yeah. good. Like, and obviously, like, they, they can lose. I guess anyone can lose at any time. But yeah. this is one where I'd be, I'd be kind of surprised if they didn't make the Elite Eight. Yeah. I'm with you there. Bottom half of the South, I think, is a lot more crazy. Yeah, no kidding. Holy cow. Okay, so you have Arizona. They're the, I guess, the top team out here. They're the two seed. Baylor is the three. Creighton is the six playing uh, the pick that I think the most bracketologists got wrong, NC State. Um, I don't know if you follow bracketology like very closely with like all the different people. A little bit, yeah. A number outside of the main guys, right? Because like I don't really listen to the main guys because I don't think they're the most accurate. But a lot of the bracketologists that are pretty good that I follow had NC State out or like the last team in playing in Dayton. Lenardi had them as like the last team in. And the fact that this team is in and not last four in and is not playing in Dayton is kind of crazy. Well, but, it's kind of crazy that the 11 seeds don't play each other in Dayton and that they're making conference champions play in Dayton instead. That's crazy. But that's hey, just I one always man's thought opinion. that I actually hate. I actually recently saw a TikTok that changed my mind on that. Send it to me. 
Yeah, I will. It's really because I always thought that too is like it's dumb that they're not just in the draw. But now after seeing that TikTok, they make so much more money well, because they duh. get paid. The teams get paid per unit. So like sure. they have an opportunity to like win another game. So like if you're a 16 seed and you win a 16 seed playing game, you get two units and like two units of tournament money is like so significant for like sure. an MEAC school. Like yeah. it's like program altering for like Howard or like sure. I don't know who I don't know who the Marley Dickinson got one of the team. Yeah, or like Southeast uh, Missouri State, Texas Southern. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey, I'm gonna. So this is my. I guess this is one of my kind of wacky picks, but I don't actually looking at the metrics. It's not that wacky. I have Creighton coming out of this six, dude. No way. <laughs> Me too? too. Hey. Yeah, I got them versus Arizona in the Sweet 16, and Creighton avenging that loss from yeah. Maui Gym Invitational. <laughs> I also have that. There's a lot of uh, I'm kind of a stats nerd, as I'm sure you all know by now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of metrics that say like all national champions of the last like 30 years have done X. And so it's like um, they've been top, I think, like 39. I want to say like top 40. Yeah, top 39, like offensive and defensive efficiency or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the the only teams that meet that criteria, it's weird. It's like all the ones and two seeds and Creighton. Yep. So it's like it's so funny how it's like for whatever reason Creighton's metrics just look so good and I don't know like maybe this is a bad take but like they're just unlucky like their metrics are crazy they just have a bunch of close losses well and they're unlucky in the sense that Baylor Shireman was injured for yeah a significant amount of that season where that's where they went on their losing streak and then since then have been playing really well nobody wants to play them in that bracket so yeah I have them I have them beating NC State and Baylor and Arizona. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're they're really solid. I, I can see them again. I can see them making that Elite Eight run. The the are you doing East Region next or are we going across? Yeah, let's go West? East Region. Okay. The East Region is a this is another interesting one. Um, so you, again, you have 12 seed Oral Roberts is a team that I think a lot of people like to be an upset, but they're playing Duke, who is kind of hitting their stride. A Duke who's been kind of mediocre all year, not living up to Duke standards, and then kind of goes on a run at the end of the season, wins the ACC championship. Duke is playing maybe their best basketball right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then you also have Memphis in this region who just manhandled. uh, They beat Tulane by like 40 in the semis, and then they manhandled Houston by like 15 in the championship of the American. So you have Duke as the five and Memphis as the eight, who are both playing incredible basketball right now. And you have Purdue. This might be like the region of doom. Like these, these is, this is a tough, off region when you um, say the region of doom you mean this is the region that's most likely to have a lower seed come out of no i mean well not necessarily if it's the region that is the hardest i think right like okay uh i think like for example if you're a one seed like purdue has the most miserable path sure. to the elite eight like sure. Purdue's gonna have to play memphis then duke like that's that's super tough, dude. Don't um, count count out Oral Roberts. Come on, man. Or Oral, yeah, you're right. And Tennessee, Tennessee's there too. They're pretty good. My pick here is Memphis. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking FAU for a second, but I just, I really like FAU. I just don't know. Memphis is so good. Yeah. <laughs> when you think about it, you're gonna have to have Memphis beating Purdue. I do. and I just don't know that. I just don't know, man. I don't want to be that guy who's just chalk picking one seeds. But if I'm not going to pick Purdue, I'm probably going to go with Duke. And I hate it. I really do hate it. So I'm just going to go with Purdue because I hate Duke. Yeah. (laughs) So 
yeah. that bottom half. Go ahead with the bottom half. Yeah, the bottom half to me is a little a little more interesting. I actually think this might be the weakest of of the eight. You have Marquette, who's the two seed. Marquette is kind of odd to me because I don't know. Like, I don't think the Mark. All right, here's my take on Marquette. They are not one of the most talented teams, but I think they are the best team in the team team. Yep. Yeah. Like they, they, they have the best like team chemistry. They play the best team basketball in the tournament, but I don't think there's like this mass abundance of talent. We actually talked about this before, right? What Mm Sean Smart did with him. He didn't use the transfer portal. He kind of just did an internal development year, got a couple prospects. It's a, it's a, it's an experienced team that's been playing together for a long time. And I think they're in a region that like, honestly, isn't very strong. Kentucky yeah. is a six. Doesn't scare me. Kansas state. I, I went out and said, I think they're the weakest three seed. Sparty doesn't scare me. I, I just really don't see Marquette losing in this eighth. Sure. Who do you got? Kansas state, man, <laughs> man. All right, Jerome Tang, on Kansas state, huh? Your own Tang and the boys, dude. Listen, they're coming out of the best conference. Okay. And I, I'm actually gonna, I'm going to go back to the Gonzaga thread for a little bit. I saw this guy say something on Twitter that was like Gonzaga would be like fifth place in the big 12. And I was like, yeah. you say that like it's an insult. Yeah. TCU was the, was the five seed in the big 12. Yeah, and, it's like, and that's not insulting. Seed. That's a team that could totally make a run to the final four. Kansas yeah. state. They beat Kansas this year. That's unheard of for Kansas state. They do not beat Kansas. Yeah. Um, he's got those guys playing with heart. I think this is a team that's going to rise to the occasion. I don't see them making it to the final four, regardless of whether they play Purdue or Duke, you know, in the elite eight, I don't see them making it to the final four, but I do have them in the elite eight. So yeah. Well, all right. But like you said, that is, that is the weakest region out of all of them. In my opinion, I think so. And I think you could honestly have almost three teams that couldn't make it to the elite eight in there. I don't think Montana state's going and I don't see Vermont going. And then I'm really, really rickety on Michigan state. Dude. USC. Yeah. Is good. Yeah. I think USC can, I think like, I think USC can totally do it. I think Kentucky, Providence, Kansas state, Sparty, USC, Marquette, any of those teams could win that eighth. Yeah, who, absolutely. Like, who knows, man? Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you there. Yeah. Let's move on to the Midwest. Region. Yeah. So the Midwest, this is Houston's region. They're the one seed up here. This is a kind of this is a region where I think Houston just has absolutely no problem. But that's not because the other teams here aren't good, but I think there's gonna be upsets galore here where you have the two teams. I'm just gonna tell you right now, if ever there's gonna be a 12 or 13 matchup, it's right here. You have 12 seeded Drake who is like, this team is monstrous. Yes. They are so they good. are a good team. They're one and zero against the top 25. They beat someone good. They, they basically, they played one quad one game. They won. They dominated their conference. They're a really good team. And then you have Kent state, the winners of the Mac who are also very good. Yeah. And these teams are playing Miami, Florida and Indiana respectively, who I, I don't think are as strong as some of the other four and five seeds. So I wouldn't be surprised to see one or both of them lose in the first round. And and then I think Houston will just kind of clean up. So I don't really see Houston losing in this quarter. Really? Okay. What do you have? I, I, I'm just not super confident in Houston, especially after today. <laughs> I think they're super susceptible. They, they are going to be that team where they're going to bring their defense with them and defense travels. 
Hey, but I'll just tell you, Houston's my national champion. Uh, yeah, I figured as much. You've been high on them all year. I've been, that's fine. I've, I said that three months ago, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just not super confident in them. Just like I'm not confident in the Lopes or wasn't confident in the Lopes heading into the WAC tournament. So it is what it is, man. I'm probably taking, oh, man. I think that there are a couple teams that could do it. If I'm going to pick a team that's going yeah, right. <laughs> I'd love to. I, I'd probably take Miami as a team that could beat Houston for the most part, the best team in the ACC all year granted a weak ACC, an ACC that was rated lower than the mountain West conference. However, I think they were the strongest team until they, they lost to Duke, I believe right in the the championship or was it? Yeah. Semis semis, in the finals. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Okay. I think Miami is a team that could make a run here. I'd, they were deep into the tournament last year as well. So I could see them yeah, the doing that good. once again. They're a good team. Yep. So down to the Southern portion of this, of this yeah. region. This is probably, I would say this is the region where I have just no idea at all. So you have Mississippi state and Pitt as the 11 seeds in Dayton, the, the old Mississippi state, Chris Jans um, <laughs> fighting Chris. Jans. I was, but you have like, you have a bunch of teams to me, I guess like you have a bunch of teams here that are good, but I can't rely on. That's how sure. I feel. That's how I feel sure. about Iowa state. That's how I feel about Xavier. That's how I feel about Texas. Any of those three teams can win this region and go to the elite eight. Any of these teams can lose in the first round. I sure. am so not. So like that makes this really hard. And you have Penn state who's looking really good right now as the 10 seed in the big 10, they made it to the championship and they lost this morning in a very close game to Purdue. And they looked really good. So like Penn state could do it. I think my pick here, and I know it's funny because you, I think just said they were the week of three seed. My pick here is Xavier, but this could go any, any which way. I think, I think what we're going to have is we're going to have Iowa state and Xavier facing against Texas in the sweet 16. Yeah. And I don't think Xavier stands a chance. I think that really? Xavier Texas? <clears throat> No, not against Texas. I think if if Xavier were to beat Iowa State, yeah. I think I'm taking Texas into the Elite 8. Uh-huh. However, if Iowa State beats Xavier, I, I that's a toss up for me between them and Texas. They split yeah. this year, I'm pretty sure. One of my favorite scenes from this college basketball season came from the Iowa state versus Texas game when Iowa state hit a three and then told the Texas coach to call a timeout or was it the other (laughs) way around? I think Um, it was Iowa state that hit the three regardless. I'm taking Texas, man. Cool. Texas is so stinking good. They are. I feel like they're just, I just feel like I can't rely on them. I don't know. I know. Here's the thing. Texas really went through the ringer this year with the whole Chris beard situation. And those guys rose to the occasion. They, yeah, they took a tough situation and they found themselves in a two seed where that you could argue that they were probably the best two seed on the, on the, on the bracket. So, yeah, no, they're, they're solid. They're definitely solid. Okay. All right. The last, last region, region the West, yep. this is kind of a joke. Um, Just given like, just calling this region, the West is stupid. Given that you have the one seed Kansas playing in Des Moines, Iowa, like what are we doing, guys? You've got like Iona um, playing against UConn. Yeah, whatever. The top half of this region is is super weird. You have Kansas, who's really good. A lot of people thought they would be the number one overall seed. Of course, they lost to Texas, like we said in the Big Twelve. VCU just won the A10. They're a twelve seed. That's pretty good. St. Mary's is good. UConn at one point. At one point, the people were clamoring that UConn was the best team college basketball had ever seen. Right. Like three weeks into the season, they thought UConn is going to win the national championship by 50 points. 
I had yeah. people convinced, like, how could anyone ever pick against UConn? Um, and then you have like Iona and Rick Pitino's team. Air, uh, like, if you have basically what you have is you have teams that are okay that are really well coached, right? You have Arkansas, you have Iona, and then you have St. Mary's and UConn, who I don't know how they're going to do. Uh, and then you have Kansas, who's this absolutely dominating team, but just lost in the championship to Texas. Still, though, I think as much as I'd want to say like St. Mary's, I just think Kansas gets it done. After all that, I got UConn. I'm yeah. gonna, I could After totally I just see. roasted them like that. I know. No, no. I got <laughs> I got UConn. And I'm with you there. They had a stretch where they looked really bad. You know, heading into conference play, they looked really bad. And they they had a really rough stretch. They kind of finished out pretty well. They ended up losing in the uh, semis. Did they lose to Xavier or did they lose to Marquette in the in the semis? I can't recall. Lost in the semis of the Big East tournament. And it's actually funny. UConn as a three seed is the best team ever, regardless of the season. So it's crazy that they're the four seed, not the three seed. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think I got UConn in the Elite Eight. I don't know that I have them facing Kansas. I could see Kansas losing uh, to Arkansas, to Illinois, even Illinois. Illinois. I don't know yeah. if it depends if they're playing Arkansas. I got Kansas beating Arkansas. If really? Illinois beats Arkansas, I could see Illinois beating Kansas because Illinois. That's funny. Has... I just really don't see Illinois beating Arkansas. Well, Illinois is one of those Jekyll and Hyde teams, you know. Yeah, they are. They'll go and beat the best team in the nation one night and then lose to like. They're really a sporadic. Team. Yeah, that's true. So, all right, last our last eighth, the Lopes region, as we're calling it, the bottom half of the West. The Lopes region. I got this is a, a really fun region. You have I think UCLA. I got, I got Grand Canyon University in the Elite Eight here. Okay. Um, so that's even really though cool they do have that. a very tough road to the Final Four, I do have them in the Elite Eight. So yeah, no, it's not the it's Gonzaga and UCLA. You're fine with it's like it's UConn that. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really, <laughs> I'm, I'm really struggling with Nevada. So. Because we um, did lose to them earlier in the season. Yeah, this region, this is really a fun region to me because I, I actually don't think Nevada is very good. Um, yeah. Or sorry, Nevada is good. I don't think they're going to do anything. I think Gonzaga is going to win this region. I just think they're really solid at UCLA. And I, I guess like I hate to be this guy. I hate to be this guy because I don't want to say, oh, UCLA just had a big injury, which now they're not going to win. I don't think that's the case, right? I don't think to say like, well, UCLA, one of their best players. Like I think Torres ACL is out for the season. Yeah. And I, so I'm not suggesting like, well, now that they don't have this guy, they're just useless because they're not, they still have some really talented players. They're a very good team. They played a really tough game against U of A in the Pac-12 championship, but I just think Gonzaga is going to get it done in this region. Yeah. I'm taking the second biggest party in basketball right here. Uh, and that's going to be Gonzaga as well. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm pretty confident in the Zags coming in. When I was watching the WCC conference championship between them and St. Mary's, and they absolutely put the boots to St. Mary's, I texted you and I was like, dude, Zags might win the title this year, dude. Like this, yeah. <laughs> after all of the adversity they faced this year, where everybody's just been doubting them because, you know, oh, they lost to Purdue. Oh, they lost to la la la. You they know, lost to hey, Marymount. Yeah, well, that is, that was a bad loss. But that was embarrassing. Yeah. But then they went and proceeded to embarrass everybody else on their schedule. So yeah, no, unfortunate solid. that the uh, antelopes have to be the uh, the adversary for this one. But I got yeah. I got Gonzaga in the Elite Eight as well. It's gonna be really fun. You got anything else for us, Zach? No, man. I'm just happy. Where I'm just I just I'm just happy to be here, man. I'm thinking of that Paul Rudd meme where it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, dude. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just happy it's to like, be here. 
on ESPN, there's a oh, wha- yes. there's a ESPN tournament challenge. So for those of you who don't know, uh, which you should probably know, um, there's the ESPN tournament challenge where you can make your bracket. That's the app again, ESPN tournament challenge, and you can make your own bracket. And what you can do with that bracket is enter different pools. Uh, it can be like with your friends or like the million dollar giveaway that we do. We have a group. It's win the WAC 2.0 that anyone is welcome to join. And the prize for that will be a free Gabe McLaughlin jersey. So join our pool. If you win, you will you will get a Gabe McLaughlin jersey. Um, but it's a fun way to, I don't know, interact and just hang out with other with other Lopes fans or WAC fans. But but yeah, that's what we're doing. I mean, I'm I'm beating everybody anyways, so I guess I'll just have yeah. two Gabe McLaughlin jerseys, but whatever. Sheesh, man. It is what it is. Yeah, so that is, once again, like Zach said, the group name is Win the WAC 2.0. You have to fill out your bracket first and then join a group. But once you do that, um, there's no password or anything. The winner will just ask you what your size is, will buy you a jersey, and then send it your way. So anyways, other than that, you know, the Lopes are playing Friday night. We got a 5.35 p.m. tip-off. I can't remember what channel we'll be on, but that's out of Denver, Colorado. If you can, get yourself a plane ticket to Denver. If you can, drive your little self to Denver. Get a ticket to the to the regional games and let's go cheer the Lopes on. This doesn't happen without full support. And, you know, the arena at the Orleans was incredible this last weekend. Zach can speak from firsthand experience. It really helps those guys when they got the support. And Lopes Nation is one of the best, one of the best at it. So go and support the guys if you can. Other than that, until next time, when we'll be uh, talking about GCU playing against TCU, probably. UCLA. UCLA. No, we'll be. We'll, oh, you're right. You're right. Because there's two we'll, games. Yeah. 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 So when GC plays UCLA, we'll see you guys next week. But until then, <laughs> lopes up. <laughs> lopes up. Punch! Punch! Did you see that?